and welcome to the Good Catholic Women After Dark podcast. I'm Lizzie. I hail from Texas. I am married nearly a decade and I have two young sons. I am joined tonight by two of my very good friends, Tara and Jackie, and I'll let them give quick intros um, about themselves. All right, Jackie, you go first. Okay. Hi, I'm Jackie. I hail from Alabama. I I'm also married for nearly a decade. I have three amazing children that wander around and get into everything. And I have one that's baking, uh, another little girl. I've got two little girls and one little boy on the outside and little girl baking. And, um, yeah. By the way, that was Jackie's pregnancy announcement on the <laughs> podcast. I'm official now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figure it's about time. I mean, if strangers can tell why, you know, seeing me, why not our podcast listeners? There you go. There you go. That sounds good. All right. I'm Tara. I am from Wisconsin. I was just doing the math. I think it'll be that we've been married 12 years this year. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Dad life. And we have four kids and I am a Catholic school teacher. All right. So uh, when discussing what topics we wanted to um, go forward with the podcast on, um, one of the things that has popped up in our um, small group on Facebook is that quite a few of us actually veil. Um, I know that that is, uh, did, well, Tara and Jackie, did you guys grow up veiling or was that something that you started doing as an adult as well? No, it was something I started doing as an adult. Yeah, same. Okay. Yeah. Cause um, so Tara, you went to public school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jackie, did you have the, um, the quote unquote homeschool veilers in your homeschool group or. Yes, did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure you That's had the same. Impre- <laughs> yes. So it's the, it's like the super duper modest. They don't really let you in. They don't really interact with people out of a very small circle. You can see them from a mile away. Tara, I'm sure you've seen those types in masks before. <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Shirts all the time. <laughs> they always wear sleeves down to their elbows. No matter if it's, you know, two degrees or 102 degrees, they have shirts up to their collarbones, nothing ever below their collarbone. It's just, and they're very, like, very quiet and almost from the outside, they look very cultish. Yeah, it's almost like they're. I, it... I mean, I, I know in the big group that we all met in, somebody described her upbringing as like Westboro style Catholic. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's that, when she said that, I'm like, that's probably the homeschool veiler type. Yep. <laughs> Which I mean, if you grow up that way, or if you are that way, we're not really ragging on you. But that's just, that's the impression I had of veiling mm-hmm. growing up. And especially after we moved to Houston, because um, before we moved to Houston, when I was in high school, um, we were like the we were like in parishes of under a hundred people because we literally were like the token um, young Catholic family in the parish of retirees in a town of less than 3000 people. So. And I think too, the, um, it gets projected as like the women and the girls, those areas like the, the homeschooler type, they seem like the women have to be very muffled. Like the women are under the thumb. They can't, you know, drive themselves anywhere. They're very less than, you know? Right. It's almost like, um, it's almost like they're, they are really just, how do we want to put it? It's really the impression that I feel like a lot of non-Catholics or like people who are very anti-Catholic have of the church where yes, it is yeah. very oppressive to women and women aren't valued and their opinions aren't valued. It's better mm-hmm. to be seen and not heard. So at all times, I don't think I know how to be muffled. No, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think you do. I don't either. <laughs> Wow, it's kind of mind-boggling. Okay. Yeah, I I kind of have foot and mouth syndrome, so. (laughs) And I feel like if I try to hold back, I just come off as like a raging yacht. 
Like, I, there's no happy, happy middle. I'm either too much or like, damn, what is wrong with that girl? She's mean. For me, it's like my happy middle is weighing my words before I speak so that I can release those thoughts and opinions and feelings. Because if I hold it back, then I have resting bitch face and word vomit later. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I have to like do like a slow release pressure valve, just like just enough that I can take the edge off and deal with it later. Oh, that's a great analogy. It'll just be bad. So, so basically on the instant pot, you are the natural release. You are not the quick release when you need to feed the kids immediately. (laughs) Yes. I love it. So Lizzie, how did you get started bailing? So, um, actually I am probably the most recent, um, I don't want to say convert, I guess just most recent to uh, come into the veiling world. Um, and it was actually because I found out that um, I respect both of you a whole heck of a lot. And I think um, Anne-Marie posted um, a picture of her veiling. And then you guys were like, oh yeah, we veil too. And I was like, huh, because I had always been kind of pulled toward it and dropped it, but I still had that image in my head from growing up so it was just like I don't know I don't know and then um after moving back to I've been drawn more and more and more to um the parishes that celebrate um mass at orienta or um um, at orens no at orientum excuse me facing east yeah I did not study latin so that that's my husband Alice probably just rolled her eyes at me too. But um, so it's just, it's a more traditional um, setup and it's just, it, it just seemed to work. I mean, previously before, if we attended Latin mass, like if we drove up to Indianapolis or if we were fortunate enough to have, um, we had a Nigerian priest who would say Latin mass at one of the parishes in Bloomington. Um, I think he did it once a month while he was getting his master's degree. Um, I would veil then, but it wasn't something that I did regularly and every week during mass. But now it's, um, if I don't have a veil on, I have a hat of some sort or a scarf or, cause it just, I feel. Kind of naked. Kind of naked. Yeah. It's, it, yes, it's not, it's same. not, but it's not really naked. It's just, it, it, I feel like I can't focus on the mass, even though half of the time is spent um, wrestling with my 18 month old about not pulling the veil off of mommy's head because <laughs> she's got the clip in. Yeah. So how about you, Tara? So very similar. I just felt pulled to it for a long time, but like I couldn't quite do it because I'm like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah, it's really stupid now looking back at it, but um, finally last August, like I'm pretty recent too. I was like, you know what? Like I'm really feeling this pull in my heart. I had read about it. I'm like, I'm just gonna do it, and it's been good. It's really been good. Um, I know I've read some people like, don't call it a spiritual devotion. It's not. I'm like, well. I don't know. It kind of feels like it is. And I'm in the same boat where if I show up for mass or even just walking in the church with my head uncovered, I just, I don't want to say I feel naked, but I feel unprepared. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I went to confession before Lent started um, at the parish that's just down the road from us. Um, And I realized I forgot my veil. And I usually, if I don't have the kids with me, um, the Perpetual Adoration Chapel is right next to the um, confessionals that they use during the week. So I grabbed a, uh, I pulled an Elsa <laughs> and I had a white snowflake scarf on my head instead of <laughs> my veil. So That sounds beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and the pastor, I grew up with him. So I'm sure he was looking at me like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> You're extra sparkly today, Lizzie. 
So Jackie, I'm so are you the most senior veiler out of the three of us? <laughs> I think so because I started veiling. I've I've felt called to it since I would see, you know, the homeschoolers veiling and like it looked so beautiful and so devout and more their attitude like the other parts of how they came off and appeared felt more holier than now you know everybody that starts veiling is like I don't want to seem holier than now yes exactly the veiling didn't seem holier than now to me their veiling seemed very devout and very it pointed towards this is a special place this year and that never like I never got that feeling from them so I've always felt called to it and it like it was nagging at me and I've had this veil I'm pretty sure it was my grandmother my grandmother's who passed away when I was 12 so I never got to ask her like was this yours what's the story and my mom knows it's not from her side and of course my dad who's an only child has no idea where it came from so I've got this antique veil and it was just sitting around and I'd pull it out like, oh, I really, I don't know. Cause I would be the only one in mass and I don't want to stick out like a sore thumb. Right. And I don't want to be a distraction, you know, that, like the whole point is to point towards Christ. Right. So I don't want people looking at me instead of Christ, which seems silly. Like how important do I think I am? But, <laughs> but you know, you, you realize people look at you and people look at what you wear and then finally it was when it was that advent where we made the changes those small changes to the liturgy um we went to consubstantiation that word consubstantiation yes that one in the creed it was that advent i think it was 2011 2012 that sounds about right yeah that sounds about right it was after i was married but before i had charlotte so somewhere in there um so I was just like you know what the mass is changing so I'm gonna change with it and I just started wearing it and it felt so right and you know during the consecration and after receiving the Eucharist I could kneel down and bow my head and I would have like lacy blinders on you know and I could focus on my prayers and what was going on in the mass. That's not quite the story anymore because I've got children. (laughs) Right. But I like to remember those good old days (laughs) where I could, you know, lean my head down and, and focus like that. And so, yeah, I've just really felt called. I really want to break out into fascinators. I I feel like that might be more normal. (laughs) So, uh, so we attend um, an ordinariate parish um, and we are registered with the ordinariate. Um, for those who don't know what the ordinariate is, that is the Anglican use um, mass. So we do it um, in the tradition of the Anglican church, um, but they are in line with Rome and actually our parish, Our Lady of Walsingham is the cathedral for the um, personal ordinariate of the chair of St. Peter bit of a mouthful right cool <laughs> so um we've only attended mass with the bishop of course he's administering to i think it's up to 40 it's 40 something parishes across the u.s and canada is in the ordinary yet. so he mm-hmm. he travels a whole lot um but uh fascinators and easter hats and stuff it was very uh Easter was very royal wedding, so it was kind of fun. So I had a fascinator that went with my um, Easter dress that I mocked up the night before because I realized I had black veils and I didn't think black veils would work with the dress. <laughs> but it, it's been kind of fun to um, have just kind of that a little bit of a different culture um, in Houston. So that's you should totally do the yeah you should totally do the fascinators, Jackie. I, I will. I definitely will. And now that I've found, I think you sent me a few links to some on Amazon that were three bucks. I'm like, I can do three bucks. The thing is, because I decided like literally 11th hour, I was going to wear one to mass on Easter. I made mine out of a cereal box. <laughs> 
and felt that I had laying around and there's no clip in it. So actually in my Amazon cart, I've got more um, like the clips that you can put in veils um, to purchase. So I can add that to that hat. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, that's awesome. So have you guys had, had any comments about, you know, why do you have that lace napkin on your head or, um, you know, the, the usual thought of, do you think you're better than us or anything along those lines? I have not, but I feel like, I don't know, this is probably going to sound stupid, but I feel like a closet veiler, which is dumb because obviously (laughs) I'm going to church, but you know, I never go to church with, um, a lot of like any of my, my family. So I don't know. This Sunday is my second child's first communion. And I have built up so much anxiety in my head. Like, what are my family, friends, and family, and whatnot going to say, like, at Mass? Which is so stupid. But I don't know, man. I've had some serious anxiety about it this week. I can understand that. So, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had any comments um, myself, but that's because um, I really didn't start veiling until more recently. Um, and it was, uh, we've been attending, um, so both the um, ordinary at Parish, where um, not everybody veils there, um, but it's not abnormal to see people veiling. Um, sure. And then the other parish that we'll attend on occasion, um, just depending on how it lines up, is the um, FSSP parish. So. Again, not everybody veils there, but the majority of the women do veil. So it's not like, it's not out of the ordinary. Um, I do have a tiny bit of anxiety and I know my mom's going to listen to this episode and probably be surprised about this, (laughs) but about uh, the veiling, but um, I, I keep debating about if I am going to veil like my sisters do with baby two and if I'm going to veil at the, um, baptism ma- baptism um for the mass or the mass before the baptism or not or if that would be a distraction or what but it's it's again i just i don't feel like i can focus on the mass if i'm not wearing the veil so it's like what do you do you should totally should wear it because jesus is still there yeah you should totally wear it yeah i've had trouble because like the focusing thing because I have a new doctor, and so it she's right across the street from the church in town that has the perpetual adoration. So, so far after every appointment, I'm like, let's go see Jesus. So it's just me and my husband, and we can go see Jesus. And I don't have, because I keep my veils in the glove box in the van. And so there's no veils in his car. So I have to go in there, and there's nothing... Like, I can't pull out, like, a winter scarf from the back of the van because, you know, that's how moms do. So I have to go in there bareheaded, and I feel so exposed or, like, obvious. But, you know, they're not – if there's – well, there's obviously somebody in there. It's perpetual. But I feel so self-conscious, and it's weird because when you start veiling, you feel self self-conscious and then if you don't have a veil you feel self-conscious that is very true yeah that is very true the the thing that I can liken it to the most is um this is totally just a southern proper lady thing but um when my husband's grandmother died um three years ago I think it is now um I felt the need to apologize to her in the casket for forgetting to put on pantyhose because I was chasing our one-year-old around the time. <laughs> to, I was like, because the thing is, she would have never gone pantyhose, and I was too busy chasing this little kid because obviously my husband is, um, we couldn't make it down before, so he was, uh, he, he got to see her in the hospital right before um, she passed away, but he wasn't there when she sure. passed away. So he was having a hard time. So it was like my focus was Bernard, not putting on pantyhose. And then the, we get the funeral starts. And I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I forget? 
but it's just it's like those teeny tiny little things that just seem to nail you yeah yeah, yeah. I haven't had any nasty questions or you know anybody getting haughty with me about it I have had a couple of genuine questions and for me I think one of the better parts that has just really warmed my heart is sometimes my oldest will start to, she'll ask for a veil before we go into church and that, you know, I'm, I'm being like Mary. That's what I tell her. Cause she's asked me like, why, why do you put that on your head? Well, I'm, I'm being like Mary. This is, you know, about Jesus. I do this cause Jesus is in church. And then my mom started to veil. Oh, that's so sweet. Awesome. And Aww. then my mother-in-law also started to veil. And sometimes my grandma will veil now too. So oh like I'm look doing at, something. Look at you trendsetter. I'm doing something. <laughs> like there's good ripples going out in the world, I feel like. Because I did something, so all is not for naught. <laughs> See, when I told my mom that I had started veiling, she laughed at me. Oh no. And, <laughs> I don't know. I really, I kind of hurt my, hurt my feelings a little bit. So again, why I'm nervous for Sunday. I would probably do like a small fascinator or something that would like blend it with your hair. You have that awesome hat that you posted that you said James was so worried that you shouldn't be wearing a mask. My black hat. (laughs) Yes. Your black hat. So, Okay. You could get you could you could get like a feather or a pin or something and stick it up there oh, for a little no. to make it a little Tara, interesting. Where's your murder mystery party fascinator? Oh, I don't know if I can. I feel like it's really cartoony. It looked fabulous in the picture. I love it. So I got I had a murder mystery party like a month ago and I um bought myself a blue fascinator. But it's got like these like big things like curly things that come off of it. So take it off. Oh, I don't want to hurt it. You pretend you're one of the Bennett sisters and make over your bonnet. (laughs) (laughs) I told my husband about my anxiety and he's like, you look beautiful in your wear, in your veil, just wear it. Actually, he said some other words too, but I don't know how much swearing we're allowed on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, we're allowed to. I'll just mark, I'll just mark the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so I don't know. I got time. I got time. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I have worn my veil to all of my baby's baptisms, and it's just part of what I wear to church. It is, and that's the thing. It's like I wear this to church. I wear it to school mass. I wear it to Sunday. I wear it to adoration. So I don't know why I'm – I know why I'm sweating because I don't want people to say things and for me to either feel bad or get mean. Yeah. When I was brand new into veiling, um, friends of ours, she actually sang at my wedding, um, they got married. And so I was like brand new. I don't think I was a year into veiling and I'm like, they're having a wedding mass. So it's mass. So I should wear a veil, but I'll be the only one in this church besides the bride wearing a veil. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was super nervous about that, but my veil was, um. It was black tulle with, like, some gray lace pieces. So it wasn't bridal by any means. But I was still, like, I felt so awkward about it. But she was great. Didn't care. I mean, if if you don't show up in a wedding dress, no one's going to confuse you for the bride. Yeah. And if you (laughs) do show up in a wedding dress, then, you know, that's another issue. Very Unless the unless the bride told, I've seen things online where the bride has told oh, her friends yeah. to yeah. show up to her wedding in their wedding dresses, and I always thought that was kind of cool. Fun? I don't know if I'd want to pull. It would it be. Really would be. I I want to do the bachelorette party one where they all go out in their wedding dresses with the bachelorette. I think that you are actually supposed to do like the find the cheapest goodwill dress that fits you. That I you think can. that's just yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, just just in case things get a little bit uh, raucous. <laughs> that would be amazing. I would do that. Plus, I don't think my wedding dress fits anymore, so there's that. I would need to lose about 30 pounds to get back in mine. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that. 
<laughs> hey, we've got beautiful That's children, right. right? That is right. <laughs> um, I do have one funny story. Um, my daughter likes to oh, veil okay. for mass sometimes. She kind of goes back and forth. And um, the other week she was altar serving. And I'm like, hey, do you, we're leaving. Do you need your veil? She's like, mom, I'm holding the candles today. I'm going to light my head on fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's got I'm a like, point. Well, <laughs> okay. I, um, so I like, I, that, that was something I was going to ask you guys about because I don't have daughters. Um, so the whole little girl thing is a little foreign to me. Um, maybe I'll have a little girl at some point. But um, I've, I know some friends of mine who do veil. Um, they make it a big deal for um, their daughters to start uh, to get like their first veil. They'll get like a really pretty like first communion veil from like Veils by Lily or some other um, veil shop. And that will be like their daughter's first veil to um, wear. So um, is that kind of what you guys have done with or are planning on doing with daughters or is it just if they want to, they want to, or. Yeah. Um, or if you want to, you, you can. Um, my two and a half year old loves wearing her veil. Um, yeah. She says she's a princess and she wants to wear it. So Aww. she usually does. Um, and also she's got crazy hair. So anything that helps hold it back is yeah. helpful. Like, when I do her hair in the morning, she'll be like, oh, mama, I can see. <laughs> <laughs> and then my 10-year-old, she kind of goes back and forth with, I mean, if she's altar serving, she could set her head on fire. She decided, so she doesn't. And um, she doesn't for school mass because I think she's a little self-conscious about that. But usually, like, for Easter mass, she was you know, insistent that she needed one. And one of her friend's mom stopped her to tell her how beautiful she looked and what a nice veil it was. Oh. And I saw her beaming. So that was very sweet. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much the same. You know, if she wants to, if they want to, they can. I would like to encourage it more, but I don't think my husband really understands the significance behind it and really why. So sure want to push it and I think he still sees it as very that type of homeschooler and not like a devotion like I love to wear my miraculous medal and to me yeah the veil is kind of the same I agree I agree yeah so like I would encourage my daughters to wear a miraculous medal or one of their patron saint medals you know so I want to encourage them to veil in the presence of the Eucharist yep but I think it still weirds them out Sure. I try not to be over the top or just like, I just offer it to my oldest who will be seven in September. Like, do you want to, do you want one of these? I'll get mine out of the glove box. Do you want one of these? And sometimes she'll say yes. Most of the time she says no. Okay. But I I have seen um, some of the more, um, probably more rad trad leaning ones they have like lace bonnets for their infant daughters which i think is freaking adorable it is so cute when you see those but and i want to do that but i know that's going to be like so over the top to my husband but i'm like it's more like the lace bonnet than it is like the veiling right now (laughs) right give me all the lacy girly things right now it has nothing to do with the fact I'm having another baby girl, okay? <laughs> we'll just ignore that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking So, uh, So you guys both – so, Jackie, you mentioned your husband. Um, so your husband was also um, a Catholic homeschooler. Yes. Um, so he has the same type of cultural um, connotation that you and I had growing up with it. Um yes. Tara, how did your husband, um, I guess, what does your husband think about? You know what? It surprised me. Um, My husband, he's a convert. um, But James, bless his heart, tends to spend a lot of time worrying about what other people think about him. He's gotten so much better. But that's kind of like, he calls it his cross. He's working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought, oh, my gosh. 
not only am I going to be the crazy woman at mass because I just, I don't know. You know, I just like, I can't enter a room quietly. Like I'll drop something or sneeze obnoxiously or something, but let's just throw a doily on my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's so cool about it. Um, 100% supportive. Always tells me, you look so beautiful with your veil on. So he really shocked me. That is awesome. That's an awesome way. Yeah. So my husband is also a convert. Um, And um, I I was actually talking with him uh, at dinner about it. And he said it's, he said it didn't really, he really does love how it looks. And he thinks that it, um, he's noticed that I seem to have an easier time with like focusing in mass, even with a couple of monkeys hanging off of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens and it's just he pointed out i mean there's the whole um pauline um thing which um there is a good article that i'll link in the show notes um from um oh, where did it go from femme um catholic which is um oh, where did i put it there it is um a website that's um and a online community um so Catholic women who are feminists because um, totally supports um, true feminism. Yep. Which is yep. the equal dignity of men and women. Not that men and women are equal, but that we um, deserve equal dignity. So, and I mean, we've got a whole bunch of women in the church who were <laughs> pretty radical for their time. I mean, Catherine, Catherine of Siena's um, feast day, was it Monday? Was her like feast day? Yeah. yeah, I mean, she freaking told the Pope to get his butt back to Rome. I mean, yep. <laughs> I love it. And how about yeah. St. Joan? She was a freaking badass. Or yes. even, or even Dorothy Day for as a more yes. recent example. But um, in this article, um, it is it was published um, last year, and the um, it is under their controversial topics um, header, and it. The title is How Feminism Led Me to Start Failing and Why I Still Do. Um, And she talked about it was more of an outward sign of obedience to the church because um, some people struggle a lot with um, things on various things. So it was a way for her to um, be like, understand but I'm going to do this out of obedience and to um, give myself a physical manifestation of mm-hmm. that obedience. Um, so she didn't necessarily do it because it was pretty or because she felt a particular draw to the devotion or anything, which I thought was actually really cool because it's not really the whole um, rad trad attitude of um, that people tend to associate with women in chapel bales. Yeah. But one of the things that she pointed out in the article, let me find it, is um, a lot of people, when they um, think about veiling, they think about 1 Corinthians um, 11.10, which is uh, about women covering their heads and such. But she noticed that um, it's not that women need to um, cover their heads as a sign of subjugation or as being less than, like um, we were saying with kind of the Westboro style Catholics um, with women being um, more subdued, mm-hmm. which the three of us would not be, despite, <laughs> despite all being introverts. <laughs> oh, I'm not um, an introvert. It's, it's that uh, a woman should have a sign of authority on her head. And she said that... Um, she said that slightly di- it, the group uh, is used in that um, in that context um, has to do is the same Greek word that is in Mar- the first chapter of Mark, which refers to the authority of Jesus in the synagogue. So it's it's not suppression of women. No. But it is recognizing that women have um, a unique feminine authority and the veil is to set us, set that. Um, it's to dignify us. What am I... Yes, exactly. Yes. 
You know, I think my favorite explanation is that we veil what is holy and that women have such a unique role in God's plan for creation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it gives us a little, a little something, something. Yeah, I, th- I think that's my favorite explanation, too, is, you know, we veil the tabernacle yes. because it has it contains life. And no matter a woman's ability to be fertile or any struggles she has, she still has that mothering, maternal, God-given spiritualness to her. And she contains life. Most women can grow life. And that is precious and amazing and miraculous in its own right. Yeah, it really is. Fail it because it's precious. Well, I mean, even to the extent of, I mean, think about it, uh, to be completely goofy, Scrooge McDuck had a vault where he put his most precious items and to keep them away and to protect them. And it's kind of the same type of thing. Mm-hmm. So going on to something a little bit more girly <laughs> on this, um, we talked about hats and um, fascinators. Um, where have you guys gotten your bales at the end? from mm-hmm. your grandmother, which is so freaking cool. Um, I have got, but... I've actually won two of them that I have, and I have purchased another, and then my mom found one that was either hers, found at a thrift store, Some I got one from my mom somehow. Um, I won one of them from Bales by Lily, and I picked out a navy infinite lace veil. And then the other one I won from com, and they are kind of local to me. They are in Hansville. I think it's Hansville and not Hartzell. There are two towns that are, like, pretty close to each other, and their names are almost identical. Um, and my stupid brain can't keep them separate. <laughs> You're growing but, a human. I think you've got an excuse. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll go with that. We, we'll <laughs> it hasn't been years that I've had this problem. So, um, I, they have a freebie Friday every week on Facebook. Oh, and I want to uh, follow them. <laughs> yeah. yeah you're going to have to hook me up. We can link them in the podcast and, and everything. Because I think everybody, like, in the Catholic social media sphere knows about Veils by Lily. But this oh, little totally. um, family business is local-ish to me. And I won one of their freebie Fridays. And I picked a black tulle lace that has gold um, lace on it. And it's it's probably my favorite veil for a while. Because it's gold. And it, it feels extra. Well, it feels extra. But it also feels... <laughs> extra special and just you know instead of just a finger pointing towards the tabernacle i feel like it's a neon sign (laughs) here jesus 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 so that's been my favorite lately so i have quite a small collection i've got two white lace ones um the one that was my grandmother's that's black and gray and um the navy one and then the gold Well, Lizzie, we heard about your cereal box. (laughs) (laughs) I found a Pinterest tutorial and it was not a Pinterest fail. (laughs) It was pretty cute. It was cute. Well, and I thought I had like some little um, like tool or something just hanging out so I could give it a little bit of height. Nope. So we just went with it. Oh, also, apparently my glue gun did not make the move from Indiana to Texas. so so i put i I mean (laughs) this is human ingenuity depending on who you ask um but i use like you know the heat bond hem tape like if you need to hem like your kids pants really really quickly yeah yeah i used that combination with my flat iron to mount the belt onto the cardboard base for the hat hey that works oh that's clever yeah it worked out but i I still need to go buy a glue gun and replace that 
Yeah, but by going that route, you save yourself the trouble of, like, the hot glue spiderweb things that happen. Oh, yeah. That's true. So you you saved yourself some trouble. You totally planned to do it that way. Wink, wink. (laughs) (laughs) So, um... I looked, so I own, I currently own two lacy veils. Um, my previous veil, I don't know where it went. It was actually a piece of clearance um, lace material that I had picked up at um, Joanne's when we were in Bloomington because I knew I needed one if we were going to be attending Latin Mass off and on. Um, I don't know where it went. It went poof. It That's ran fine. away with your hot glue gun. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it's a whole, um, the dish ran away with a spoon. The veil ran away with the hot glue gun type thing. It's the crafting supplies elopement. (laughs) Hopefully they don't, uh, produce, they're not producing glitter bombs. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so I searched around for a while and then, um, I found on Etsy, there is a, um, brand. Um, so I looked at veils by Lily. Nothing really caught my eye. And then um, I was scrolling Etsy just to see if there were, like, some teeny tiny little, um, like, stay-at-home mom shops. And there's one called um, E-Vintage Veils. And I ended up ordering – I've ordered two veils for her because my first veil, um, like, your favorite one, um, Jackie, is gold and black. Um, It's got the um, gold lace around – edging around the front. And then it's – gold crosses throughout it and it is an infinity style veil um so that was the first um veil that i ordered and it took me like three weeks to figure out that it actually had comb already in it so i didn't have to use bobby pins (laughs) was the comb just like flapping around your head when you walked (laughs) well i mean it's a circle so (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i have both of my veils right now are infinity veils um and then the second one from them, um, I think it's actually, it's, it's an all black one. And my husband likes to call it my um, old world babusha veil <laughs> <laughs> because it's just solid black. But I ordered that one actually on Ash Wednesday because I went, oh, crap. I don't have an all black veil for Lent and I really didn't want to wear the gold during Lent. So that's where it's at. And since it's May, um, I am thinking about asking um, for a, like a navy veil or a cobalt blue veil for Mother's Day. Oh, and I don't know if I'll go with um, E-Vintage or if I'll go with, um, I, might, I think I'm going to check out the um, Veils and Mantillas shop um, Jackie mentioned. And actually, I look, just looked up all three on Facebook. Um, quick aside, um, so the E-Vintage Veils, and I'll link all three um, in the show notes, um, has 3.2 thousand likes. Veils by Lily has 19 thousand likes. Oh, I love me some Veils by Lily. And then Veils in Mantillas has 34,000 likes. Yeah. So they're local to you, Jackie, but they they apparently have quite the following. Yeah, they they do. And like their Veils that I've gotten from them, I have two from them, the gold one and one of my white ones. And then I have the one from Veils by Lily. And really the quality is the same. So mm-hmm. to get the most bang for your buck, I love Veils by Lily. Don't get me wrong. But if you're on a shoestring budget, like some of us are, and you can get a $20 veil or you can get a $45 veil, I'm going to go with, you know, the little home, the little family business that's down the road for me and get an awesome veil and support them too. So mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. So Tara, where are some of your favorites from? So, okay, I'm actually, I'm in my office next to the rack where all mine are hanging, and I'm like, oh, man, I have a problem. (laughs) I'm so slacking. (laughs) You have a problem. So, okay, well, my first one, I got an ivory one because at the time, I was super platinum blonde, and I'm like, ah, I can hide this in my hair easily. Um, But now I'm looking at the rainbow that's in front of me, so... I have several Amazon veils. I have a few from Veils by Lily. 
Um, I have a couple, like, wider laced headbands. Um, I think my two favorites are my purple Infinity Veil from Veils by Lily. Um, The color is beautiful. I love purple. And it's super, super soft. And I don't know what they did to their veils when they shipped them, but it came smelling so good. <laughs> like, it, I don't know what, it, like, it's just not, like, perfumey. It just smells, like, good. Um, And then my black, cheapy Amazon Infinity one is my other favorite. Um, I actually have two of them because I lost it for a couple weeks, and then I found it in a gift bag. Like, I don't know what I was doing. Um. But that one lives in my tissue box at school, which sounds really random. But so fun fact about working in a Catholic school, when you go to mass, everybody's nose runs. Yeah. So every teacher has their, their, like their box of mass Kleenex. So like when we, like today was a mass day, when we walked down the hall to go to church, Every teacher is holding a big old box of tissues. <laughs> so that nail lives in my Kleenex box because I know I'm going to need them both. So, yeah, that about sums it up. I'm literally sitting here staring at purple, red, pink, white, black, blue, and brown right now. Wow. Three shades of purple, too. I want a purple one. Purple is one of my favorite colors, too. And I would really like to have something that coordinates with the majority of my outfit because I wear a lot of jewel tones. Yeah. So purple would really, like, it would just complement just about everything. The only thing with my purple is I feel like then when I get dressed for mass, like, I have to make sure I don't, like, totally clash. And I have these red dress pants that I really, really like. But I cannot bring myself to show up in my red. Like, they're not, like, firefighter red. They're, like, a nice, like, tomato bisque red pants. But I cannot bring myself to show up to mass in my purple veil and red pants. I have. So you just don't want to look like the a reverse red hat yes. lady. Right? Like, that, that's what it would look like. I can't, I can't do it. The purple hat ladies. Yeah. It would be like that. Yeah, I would avoid that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it's not good for anybody. No. no, unless you're 80 years old and part of the purple hat or red hat society. Does that even exist anymore? Because <laughs> I feel like in high school, they used to always hang out at Perkins. My grandmother, before she passed away, was part of it. But I, I don't know. I mean, now I work, so I'm not out when they would, like, be lunching and stuff. So... <laughs> I must I haven't have seen, seen like the wild red hat ladies because, or is it purple? Yeah, it's purple hat because it was like midnight at Perkins and they were having their meetings. Oh my goodness. Yeah. No, my ones <laughs> I would see were always like, I don't know, ancient and eating their early bird supper special at the buffet place. So it would be like four o'clock and they were eating dinner. Well, that's when respectable elderly people eat dinner (laughs) it really is it is or people with small children right that's when we eat dinner oh my gosh oh my gosh my kids get impatient if i walk in closer to six than closer to five because they're like we want to eat we can't eat dinner till mom's here I currently have three kids in soccer and track and field and literally four dance classes a week on top of it between kids. So, oh my God, until spring's over, we're eating sandwiches in the car. Yeah. I just thought hearing your, like that lineup because holy cow, it's stupid like I don't know why I do this to myself my kids are like I want to do all the things and I'm like I don't want you to do drugs yeah let's do all the things (laughs) (laughs) like the ironic part is gonna be when like mommy ends up on drugs from driving everybody (laughs) do everything not on drugs just on licit drugs like wine or (laughs) 
dark chocolate. <laughs> I don't know, man. This spring sports season might do me in. It might get me something harder. <laughs> oh. All right. On that note, um, so I know the last time that you two were on an episode together, um, Jackie asked um, what was um, like the munchie you would do late at night without the kids. And Tara mentioned um, the most Wisconsin thing ever, her words, <laughs> <laughs> and that it would be cheese. So I'm curious, what are some of your favorite cheeses? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love cheese so much. <laughs> I'll let Tara go first. Oh my gosh, but then I gotta make a decision. Like, there's so many, guys. <laughs> no, there really are. One of the biggest disappointments moving back to the States after Germany was how freaking expensive Gouda is. And particularly, my absolute favorite Gouda in the world is aged old Amsterdam Gouda. Oh, yeah. And we could get it for so cheap in Germany and I I've got a picture somewhere floating around that my husband took of me when we visited Amsterdam and we went to the old Amsterdam store and I he he said I had a cheese gasm in front of the <laughs> store <laughs> I also, Wait, do you like Germans like cheese a lot? Oh my gosh, yes. So German breakfast and German dinner is not a hot meal. It is typically um um, rolls or like um, pumpernickel bread or just any type of breads, croissants, that type of thing with like lunch meat and cheeses and butter and um, some vegetables or fruit. Um, in the morning, you can also have yogurt and muesli, but they eat a lot of cheese and a lot of cold cuts. I love that. That, that sounds about right because my... Uh... My father-in-law's mother is from Germany. She was essentially a war bride. Like, they got married over there during the war and um, came over. So she's still very, very German. And, yeah, whenever we go over to her house, we have to eat. Like, even if you just ate, you have to eat when you're there. And she always has rolls that she gets from Walmart's bakery, but then she bakes again so that they're crunchy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. There's almost always ham. And you always have to have your ham and butter sandwich. And yeah, so that that sounds about right for my yeah. very limited experience of Germany. Yeah, so so like being able to get Gouda for cheap or like the other thing is I really, really like brie. And brie, I could get like a humongous chunk of brie for like a euro. So like less than $2. Oh, and, yeah. And here my brie at Aldi is like six dollars and it's half the size <laughs> oh but I still buy it because oh my gosh <laughs> so okay I guess we gotta make some decisions here all right I really like really sharp cheese mm -hmm. like I wanted to have a lot a lot of flavor to it which is an argument James and I have because he wants like mild cheese, like nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And I want it like that. But I also like feta a lot. Like, oh, a really good feta is awesome. Oh, yeah. My mom goes down to this deli in Northern Illinois and she'll bring me back every time like a big old pound of feta and I'll eat it all week. Mm. So I'm working on my big like pound of feta right now. And then um, I picked up some Gruyere to uh, put in my quiche Ooh. for Easter. Oh. And I didn't realize that. I love it. Yes, that is like the, um, I refer to that as like bacon cheese because it's just got that. Oh, yeah. Flavor. Like it's like yeah. savory. Oh, yeah. It's good. <laughs> Yeah, I maybe, like, shorted the recipe a little bit just so I could get <laughs> myself a little hunk to gnaw on in the fridge. Oh, I've, uh, I, if I make something, like, I made a um, scalloped potato, scalloped sweet potatoes with Gruyere and um, gorgonzola cheese um, one year when we were uh, family um, because I like to do spin, weird spins on the things everybody wants to eat during the holidays. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but... I made sure I bought extra so I could munch on it while I was cooking. <laughs> oh, 
man. I feel like I should have gone first because my my favorites are boring by comparison because I'm in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, and so my my options are like orange mild cheddar <laughs> or baby bell. <laughs> No, no, no. You know, though, Baby Bell is super duper popular in Europe, though. Like, and it's good. It is. It is. It's really good. I lo- so I like if I'm feeling snacky and like treat yourself kind of mood. Like, I'll get some Baby Bell. Um, but like my block of cheddar, like my block of cheese that I have to always have is Vermont extra sharp. It's Cabot <laughs> or Cabot. I don't know if it's French, but it's B-A-B-O-T. Um, and I get the extra sharp white cheddar cheese, and I get the gigantic oh, yeah. gigantic block. Like, it's a brick. Oh, yeah. My parents used to buy, like, um, like the deli-sized brick <laughs> of Tillamook um, sharp cheddar when I was growing up. So I don't think this one's that big, but it's, like, you know, you've got, like, the little dinky eight-ounce things that you're, like, that's a snack. Yeah. Then you've got the monster. I get the monster because <clears throat> I put it on everything. But I do. Well, pl- plus you've got toddlers just like I do. And I'm sure there is a revolt if you run out of cheese as oh, well. Oh, yeah. They do oh, yeah. go through phases where like, they're like really into the cheese. And then other times they're like, no, I'm good. So like, I'm sure there's every family has their own cycles in their groceries where things trend and then they fall out of favor. But, like, I put this cheese in everything. You want scrambled eggs with cheese? There you go. You want <clears throat> tuna pie, which is, like, my Lenten go-to thing. And the recipe is dumb, and it calls for, like, a cup of shredded cheese on top. And it's like, no. you No. That's wrong. I don't care what you say, recipe. You don't know anything. It's more like <laughs> two and a half cups. <laughs> It's so, more cheese pie with a little bit of tuna than it is tuna pie. That's lunch friendly. You're good. It's totally good. The recipes. It sounds weird. Tuna pie. So good. And so, then, do you guys know about like the special thing that Wisconsin cheese curds do? I'm not sure if this is something that just Wisconsin people know about or if people out of state know about this too. You mean the squeaking? Yes. <laughs> Remember, I lived in the Midwest. Did you? Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, yes. And one of my, um, actually one of the um, women that I was um, friends with in Bloomington was from Wisconsin. So she was vegan, but if she would go back and visit family, she would bring cheese curds from the teeny tiny little shop Mm -hmm. um, for everybody else. And they, they, like, the good stuff, it squeaks. And it's so Mm -hmm. amazing. It squeaks? It squeaks. Like when you rub it together, like how do you? No, like when you put it in your, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like when you chew on it, it squeaks. That's weird. No, it's amazing. (laughs) 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 Cheese that squeaks has the best flavor. So it's good. Cheese curds, the thing that comes to my mind is when you go to Culver's and you get the fried cheese curds. Oh, those are good too, but those won't squeak for you. No, 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 I, they're not going to. But I am so sad that we don't have a Culver's. I think the closest one to me is like in Memphis, and that's not close. Oh, so, like I, this is like the, my most Wisconsin story ever. But I met Craig Culver one day while leaving at Culver's. Oh my! <laughs> that is awesome. I um, I went home sick from work because I had like a stomach bug. And so I was like, I'm just going to go through Culver's and get, like, a Sprite. Like, you know, something safe that I don't have to leave my car. But before that, I had put gas in my car. And apparently, I didn't shut the tank. So as I'm pulling out of the driveway at Culver's, this guy in this really, really nice car pulls up next to me and starts tapping on his window. And he rolls it down. And it's it's freaking Craig Culver. Oh, my God. And he's like you didn't shut your gas tank. I'm like, oh, oh. So he gets out of his car, like, in traffic, in the Culver's parking lot, and 
fixes my my like closes like screws the lid on and shuts the gas tank and i'm like now starstruck because that's like wisconsin royalty yeah and i'm like thank you thank you he's like okay have a nice day and then people are like driving by and they're stopping and staring because it's freaking craig culver (laughs) (laughs) seriously i nearly like shit my pants it was so cool Okay, well, <laughs> I just, I just, we have fun here. <laughs> On that note, uh, thank you all for joining us for this episode of the GCW podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe wherever you listen. Um, You can follow our Facebook page at facebook.com slash GCW podcast, as well as Twitter at GCW podcast. We will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye.